I'm Jack Kennedy, and we're here to bring you the latest in MMA. My name is Hunter Boss, and what the boss says goes. What is up, everyone? My name is Keaton McNamara, and you already know what time it is. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the MMA Island Podcast. I am Jack Kennedy alongside Kayla McNamara and Hunter Boss. Well, guys, we have a very fun episode coming up. Lots of news to talk to. UFC signed a 17-year-old. Chandler Poirier are beefing. A lot of stuff going on. But we decided to mix things up a little bit. Actually, we didn't decide. I decided because this new segment that we're about to start here, Hunter and Keelan have no idea what's even happening right now. So, guys, let me introduce to you the wheel of trivia uh and this is mma trivia you want to get it right or else you might end up frozen like elsa um to quote the great israel adesanya Adesanya. (laughs) i got a point (laughs) so let's begin with this wheel of trivia trivia now the the way this game basically works is it'll go alternating so you guys can flip a coin or just decide who goes first right okay basically if you get one right, if let's say Hunter gets it right, Keelan has to get it right, or else the loser will have to do a, a you know spin on this wheel, which is like a wheel of punishments. Uh, basically, the loser does a punishment, the winner you survive, and that's the end of the game. Okay. Uh, so pretty much, but but here's the thing though, here's the catch. Let's say Hunter gets one wrong, and then Keelan goes. Keelan doesn't automatically win if Hunter gets it wrong. Keelan has to get it right to steal over Hunter, or okay. else Keelan has to do a punishment as well. And that goes through multiple rounds as well. So if you guys just keep getting it right, I don't think you will. Then uh, whoever gets it wrong, the other person has to steal and get it right. So you guys ready for this? Ready as I'll ever be. Okay. Okay. Who's going first? Hunter or Keelan? What do you guys think? Uh, I I don't mind if you want me to, Keelan. (laughs) Do you want to make history and go first, Hunter? (laughs) (laughs) Sure. Why not? Sure. (laughs) All right. Here we go, guys. First. First spin on the wheel of MMA trivia. Oh. Okay. Who is the most successful 170 pounds fighter? This is UFC uh, history, by the way. Um, George St. Pierre. That would be correct. Woo! Well done. Okay. Hunter survives the first spin. All right, Keelan. Oh. Beat that, Keelan. That was the hardest question ever. <laughs> I'm fucked up. <laughs> uh, all right. Here we go. Oh, oh. Name two people who have Fuck. beat Amanda Nunes. Ooh. Oh, you horrible. That's kid. So I couldn't do that one. <laughs> uh, I know one of them, and I'm going to struggle to name the second. Wait, hang on. Actually, you... Valentina Shevchenko and Juliana Pena. Did Shevchenko beat her? Shevchenko never beat Amanda Nunes. Juliana oh. Pena is oh. correct. <laughs> uh, I believe Kat Zingano beat Amanda Nunes back in the day. All right, um, I'd like to steal. Yeah, I think I think you're right. I think it was Kat Zingano. God, that was a yes. tough first yes. one. Well, Hunter, congratulations. You have won the first Wheel of Trivia game. Uh, Keelan, are you ready to see what... 
your punishment is. I'm ready, Jack. Punish All right. me. Here we go. <laughs> Do the rest of the podcast facing backwards. What do you what are, what I think we would get more views if post, I just... post a picture of Rocket on your personal <laughs> IG oh, story. For fuck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. That's pretty good, Jack. Oh, oh. All right. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. Thoughts. Thoughts, everybody. Was that a good segment? <laughs> yeah, that's good. Yeah. That's good. I like it. Uh, oh. And sorry, Keelan, for that. That's that's brutal. That's brutal. All I know is pin. Yes. We'll be we'll be we'll be expecting to see that uh after the podcast. So everybody okay. stay tuned. Um all right. Well, first segment completed. Hunter, congratulations. Uh let's move on now to the news. There's a lot of stuff that happened, but we're focusing on the first ever under 18 fighter that has been signed to the UFC, a 17-year-old fighter. Raul Rosas Jr. just got signed off the Dana White Contender Series. Hunter, what did you think about his performance? And what did you just think about the UFC signing a 17-year-old in general? This kid's scary, guys. I mean, he's seven. He's 17. He fights at Bantamweight. And man, can he grapple. I mean, his grappling prowess in the octagon was insane. I mean, he yeah, sure, he got taken down once or twice in the fight. And then his opponent landed some decent ground and pound. But every single grappling exchange, he would end up on top and in the better position. Hell, he almost got this insane uh, submission yeah. uh, with this leg stretch type of thing. I don't even know what it was called. I think it's a Sulov or something like that submission. But honestly, it, it showed great potential. Aljamain Sterling even tweeted out saying this kid's going to be champion by 25. And then Rosas, of course, you know, in, in the post-fight interview, he's going, 25? Nah, 20, guys. He's going to be champion <laughs> by 20. And just to even think about champion by 20 or champion by 25, 20 it's still a good three years so he can he can he can rack up his potential you know it's possible i mean we saw alex Pereira uh less than three years get a title shot so um it's definitely possible i really like what they're doing here they're taking a chance on this young kid they can groom him to be that ufc fighter this is going to be great i think it, it, there's only good things to come from this yeah i agree with hunter um i think raul rosas was so impressive and you gotta remember this kid's not even out of high school he's 17 years Mm -hmm. old Uh, i mean the amount of talent this guy has for his age is the amount of talent he has for any age is unbelievable but for the fact that he's only 17 is just mind-blowing it really really is i mean i feel old i feel really (laughs) old just seeing this but I actually think what's so good about this signing of Raul Rosas is that it shows us how far MMA has come in such a short period of time. I mean, in the period of, we're in 2022 now, say in a period of six years from 2016 to 2022, we've gone from the sport being in its relative mainstream infancy to a 17-year-old being so good that he's a more than worthy person to have in the UFC. And I mean, the transition and the evolution of the sport is just unbelievable. And this kid is just the first of many prodigious talents to come out of the come out of the um the system, so to speak. Overall, I think he's incredibly impressive. I think his performance was brilliant. And I don't think there's anything stopping him from being a future champion. I really don't. Now, will he be champion by 2122? That's kind of hard to say because every division is pretty stacked right now. But will he be a future champion? I don't see what's stopping him. I think he was brilliant. I think Raul Rosas is a name to watch for the future. And I think this kid is going to grow and grow and grow. And it'll be brilliant to watch. So all around, great for the Contender Series, great for the UFC, and great for Raul Rosas. 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's one thing to say, okay, the UFC signed a 17-year-old, but this guy deserves to be in the UFC based off of what we saw. High, elite-level jujitsu based off what we saw. BJJ off the charts. The coolest thing for me watching this fight, my favorite moment, and what just shows what he brings to the UFC that's different, that's energetic, that's fresh, right, as a 17-year-old even, was the fake flying knee to a takedown. That was just so high-level. It was great. I'm so excited for this guy. His opponent even did a really good job defending uh, uh, submissions, but his opponent is also a BJJ-focused guy, and he just dominated him on the ground. He's obviously a little green in the stand-up. He needs to work on his fundamentals a little bit, but he's got flashy kicks. He's got flashy stuff. He's going th- to be a real threat, and he's got so much room to grow. He's only 17, and he's got so much more potential too because now this young, he's in the best of the best as far as people, organizations, and divisions really in the UFC. He has all the potential in the world. He can grow so much so quickly. This guy's going to be dangerous. I really think we're going to see him ranked pretty soon because he's got so much room to grow and, and learn in the UFC and just develop. So I'm, I'm excited. This guy looks good. This guy looks good. And you got to think as well, guys, this kid <clears throat> is not going to hit his physical or athletic peak for about 10, 15 years. I mean, how often do you get to say that? You know, there are very few talents in any sport who are such raw talents at such a young age who don't actually peak for such a long period of time. So realistically, the sort of boundaries of ability and improvement for this kid are literally limitless. There are no limits to how good Raul Rosas could be and probably will be. All around, I am incredibly excited because we've never seen a kid this young be thrust into the spotlight this quickly. I am very excited to see what he does. Yeah, no, me too. Uh, he's got so much potential, and we'll see uh, what what's next for him. But obviously, great performance on the Dana White Contender Series. So, guys, speaking of great fights, we're going to move on to the best of the best here for the podcast. Uh, Michael Chandler, Dustin Poirier. It's been booked. We already know that. But they've been going back and forth a little bit, uh, and, and especially on the DC and RC show. Just what do you think about that matchup? What do you think about them going back and forth? Just Poirier Chandler. We just want to talk him a little bit. Hunter, what do you think? Yeah, I think it's smart. You know, they're at the end of the day, they're trying to sell their pay-per-view, yeah. pay-per-view more. And um, in all reality, they're the third fight down from the main event. So they're not the main event. Alex Pereira versus Israel Asanya is. And then they're not the co-main event. It's Asparza versus Jan. You know, we got them as the co-co-main event. When is the last time you've seen... Dustin Poirier that far down on a card. For me, it's 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 been years, yeah. years upon years with this. But still, I think it's very smart for them to have this beef because they're gonna generate more conversation around this fight. Because if we're being honest, that card's conversation has been centered around Israel Adesanya and Alex Pereira. They have the true, you know, crazy story that lines up, you know, it's like the stars aligning in that yeah. shit. Uh Chandler versus Poirier. The story behind that is it's a good scrap, you know, if we're being honest here. Like they they had some beef. They had a little bit of beef at like one live event. And then it's that's just blown up out of proportions now. Um, but in all reality, I think it's a business decision. I think both both men are uh, smart enough to know that this is what they need to do to sell pay-per-views. I mean, hell, Dustin Poirier has been on that Conor McGregor tour for almost <laughs> almost a year and a half now. So he knows what to do to sell. Um, Chandler's smart too. He'll do what he needs to do to sell. I don't think the beef is by any means like real. I think I think it's like sure it's it's a little chippy back and forth, but we've seen ten times worse in the UFC, and we've seen ten times worse this month alone. So 
Yeah, uh, I, I like the fight. Uh, what do I think about the fight in general? I think it's obviously one of the best fights of the year. This has fight of the year written all over it. Um, Dustin Poirier, I think, has a li- little bit of heavier hands, but doesn't mean he's as explosive because Michael Chandler really is good at exploding. I mean, he he's in one place and then he's throwing five or six strikes uh, in another place. You know, it's Dustin Poirier. He's good, but he's consistently good throughout the round. You yeah. know, he has that that consistency of volume that you'll see out of Dustin Poirier, and he has power behind his punches. But Michael Chandler has that flash KO type of style to him. I feel like. Either way, this fight's going to be amazing. I'm still leaning towards Dustin Poirier off of experience and the people he's fought in the past. But that doesn't mean my Chandler can't knock him out in the instant. So we're all in tune for a great fight, a uh, great fight night. You know, uh, Madison Square Garden, you know, stay prepared. Yeah, it's a very good fight. But um, to actually break it down, we really break it down into two areas. And those are the two areas Hunter's broken it down into. We break it down into the actual buildup and then the fight itself. As for the buildup, this fight is sold solely on the fact that it's a bloody brilliant fight. There's, It's not a hard sell. It's not like being forced to watch, say, an Alexander Rakic fight. You know, <laughs> just, just making a point there. You know, this fight is sold easily on the merits of what it is. It's a great fight. You know, there's no delusions or skullduggery with it. It's just a brilliant fight. Now, the casuals... And all the other types of fans will be bought into that pretty easily because we know who Dustin Poirier is. We know who Michael Chandler is. Easy work. It, it literally writes itself. But Hunter makes an excellent point that I will expound on myself. You kind of have to create a narrative in order to truly sell a fight. I mean, the fight will be sold on a base level. But if you want people to be truly invested in it, there has to be some kind of story. It doesn't always have to be like a McGregor Nate Diaz where they're throwing bottles at each other. You know, it doesn't have to be intense rivalry. It can be two paths eventually crossing. It can be, you know, two of the best stars from two different organizations meeting in the one, a bit like Adesanya and Pereira, which also has Hunter becoming the hunted storyline as well. Um, With this, there is no real storyline. It's just two of the best lightweight fighters in the world fighting each other. Mm-hmm. They're both really nice guys who are very good at trash talking respectfully and who are just really good fighters. Now, I actually take a slightly different approach to this because I'm a big fan of authenticity, as you well know. I don't want them to go on to shows like DC and RC or ESPN or whatever platform it is. I don't want them to go on and manufacture beef that isn't there. A, because fans can tell bullshit when they see it very, very easily. And B, we know they're authentic fighters. I don't want them to be fake pushing each other when I know that's not it. Just go up, shake hands, be respectful and move on. I think you sell the fight solidly in that way. This isn't a Conor McGregor fight where you need to get amped up and, you know, rile up the crowd and that kind of stuff. Just do your thing and rock with it your way. We know it's going to be a fight of the year contender. Just work into that. Now, as for the actual fight itself, the actual contest, well, as I said, it's a brilliant fight. Dustin Poirier, arguably for me, the best pure boxer at 155 pounds, has been for a couple of years now. Michael Chandler, one of the best wrestlers with hands of absolute stone. Um, it's going to be a bit like the Justin Gaethje fight, but Dustin fights more technical. He is more of a sniper. He is more precise. 
that has benefits and drawbacks to Michael Chandler. On the one hand, Chandler's not going to get his leg chopped from underneath his body the way Gaethje did. But on the other hand, if he leaves himself open, he might get punched up worse than Gaethje did. Because, I mean, Poirier will surgically target him. And especially being a southpaw, Gaethje present, or Poirier presents a lot of problems as well. Chandler's going to have to rush in at a different angle to try and get to Dustin. And if he leaves his blind side open, Dustin will crack him with that left hook. And he has the power to put him down. How many times have we seen it? That being said, Chandler could out-wrestle him. He could use the takedown to set up the overhand. All the different narratives that we know are there, and that's what makes it a great fight. I'm very, very much looking forward to it. Yeah, it's going to be amazing, and I agree with everything you guys said. It was it was really well said. Um, I, I, I say, I think I, I, I agree with what Keelan, like what you're talking about with like, they could just be authentic, because this fight sells itself, just like everybody was saying. Like, you don't need to really do that. The storyline is going to be taken up no matter what because it's Izzy Pereira, right? No matter if that fight's good or bad, everyone's going to be talking about that fight just because of Pereira's the boogeyman for the first time ever. Like you guys are saying, Israel Adesanya is no longer the, the top dog because he's lost to Pereira, and Pereira looks scary after that Strickland thing. So, yeah, twice. So, that's going to take the storylines no matter what. That being said, the people's main event is still Poirier Chandler, right? These guys guaranteed to be good right guaranteed this is going to be a good fight right they always throw Poirier most exciting guy you can watch Chandler most exciting guy you can watch and Chandler's coming off one of the craziest knockouts you'll ever see so these guys are going to put on a great performance it's at MSG too which is a whole nother level of excitement as well so they're going to do a good job I don't think the beef is necessary it's like I don't think it's necessary for them to sell the fight but that being said I also understand it like Hunter was saying right you want to get more eyes to your fight in particular and help sell the card as, as well. But I agree with everything. I, I just agree with everything that you were saying too, Keelan. Like, I don't think they even have to do that though. I, I think they could just literally be themselves, shake hands, go. I mean, when you had Gaethje Chandler, they there was really no trash talk there, but they just went, shook hands and went to fight. Same thing with Poirier Gaethje. And that was a fight night, obviously, but like, you just don't need to do it. But at the end of the day, I think once the fight, the weigh-ins are going to be fun. Once the fight's done, they're going to shake hands and probably get a beer together or whatever. But look, it makes for a fun fight week, though. I am so excited for this fight card. You guys said everything you need to say. I, I don't have too much to add on to it. But the fact that this fight is the third fight down is ridiculous. Two fights. The UFC is finally going back to stacked fight cards. We got 280 coming up very soon and 281 back-to-back absolute banger cards. Uh, I'm so excited, guys, and we got a lot to look forward to in the future for sure. Oh yeah, and look, it's like um, it's like we've just said already. This is not a fight where nobody knows who Dustin Poirier is and nobody knows who Michael Chandler is. Everybody knows who both these guys are, and like you said, Jack, you just made an excellent point. I'm really glad you said it. Actually, the narrative is taken up already. The main narrative is Alex Pereira, Israel Adesanya. Hunter becomes the hunted. Can Pereira do it three in a row in two different sports? Don't fight that narrative. Let that carry the card. If that gets the views, let it get the views. People are still going to watch you anyway. 
people are going to love this fight anyway because everybody knows who both these guys are. And the fact that they're only um, third from the top speaks to how brilliant of a card it is. So people are going to watch it more anyway just on that alone. The fact is, both these guys, all they need to do is do what they always do. Shake hands, show up, put on the gloves, and then go to war for however long it lasts. These guys are more than capable of being themselves and letting the fight carry itself. And then claim fight of the night bonuses because that is what these guys always do they always deliver they always have delivered they always will deliver all around just such a sick fight and it'll carry itself i really wouldn't worry about that yeah as always make sure to like and subscribe on youtube you can listen to us everywhere literally everywhere including itunes and spotify make sure to follow us on instagram at mma.island.podcast and check out our website mmaisland.com net again everyone thank you so much for listening and watching on youtube and great podcast guys thank you guys thank you everybody for watching if you hang around for the end i will post this don't worry so ladies and gentlemen very first edition of wheel of fortune mma island edition <laughs> i've taken my punishment i posted a picture of our lord and savior now alexander rakic as you can see i hate myself I've taken my punishment and I look forward to the next episode, but I will probably lose again. <laughs> I will see you out there on the next time. Well done, Keelan. Well done. <laughs>